Before we jump into this episode, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we share this conversation. We pay our respects to the elders, past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everyone, just a quick trigger warning that this episode contains discussions around pregnancy loss and may be triggering for some listeners. Hello and welcome back to the Stuck In Between podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Sandon. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, the second part of our conversation with the amazing Shivani Sharma, we wrap up our conversation around navigating expectations. Shivani shares her moving motherhood and pregnancy story. We unpack expectations we're currently navigating personally, plus more. Be sure to check out part one if you haven't already. And please do share your thoughts and your own stories with us on Instagram. Speaking of kids, though, I know we spoke about the expectation of getting married. The other piece you did mention then, which we didn't really touch on, was the expectation of having children. Mm-hmm. And send then, as your friend, I kind of know your perspective on having kids. And I want to get your thoughts on whether you feel the pressure as a male, especially, to have children and how you think your perspective will float with family. I was going to say, what is your perspective yep. when it so, comes yep, yep. to yeah. children? Yep. <laughs> so at this stage, I'm not convinced either way about having kids or not. Mm-hmm. I've always had children around me, whether that be, you know, family or family friends. And I actually worked at a childcare place while at uni. Mm-hmm. So I'm really comfortable and good with kids. Mm-hmm. But at least as of right now, as a 28-year-old single male, I don't think I have that innate burning desire to have children. Yeah. And a part of that is selfish, you know, having to give up such a big part of your life to someone else. But there's also a more macro element around things like the sustainability issues caused by overpopulation and bringing another life into a very complex world and Aspects of that make me kind of anxious. Yeah. It's, it's funny. My brother and I were actually talking about this recently and my mum walked in on us having that conversation mm. and she was taken aback a bit. What did she say? At first she brushed it off as, you know, you're only 28. Wait until you meet someone because they'll make you feel differently. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's one of the most fulfilling things you could do in life and it's one of the biggest blessings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thankfully having cousins who have had kids recently – I think that has helped a lot to fill that void for my parents. Has it really, though? It's probably bought you time. It's definitely bought me time and pushed my expected timelines out a bit. Do you feel an innate expectation, though, that you would have to do it even if you don't want to because... I mean, societally, culturally, there's always going to be that expectation, especially being in my late 20s, right? And I'm starting to hear more of those questions from aunties and uncles, Mm. but... I'm not in a rush to make that decision and I feel like there's a lot of other people who are more comfortable now than older generations would have been Yes, to not have to tick those boxes in the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's that ability to choose what you 
want out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's up to you what you'd like to choose. Yeah. And it's not about just doing it like we were saying before because that's what's expected of us. It's like this I mean, is I what I want. I mean, I say all of this and then I'll have a moment at a wedding where I'm like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Shiva, someone that is married... I hear a lot from married couples that, you know, a year later, it's always the next question of when are you having children, Mm -hmm. which I think is just such an insensitive question, first of all. But did you experience that? I'm assuming the answer may have been yes. If (laughs) you with two children, I'm sure you'll get, hey, when are you going to have a third? When are you going to have a boy? (laughs) So I was married at 25 and we had our first child five years later. Mm -hmm. And so... My parents never asked the question, you know, that my parents never put the pressure on me because they had me very young. Okay. So my mom was borderline 20 when she had me. Yeah. And so the one thing she wanted for me is not to have a child at such a young age, you know, and (sighs) my dad went into it with that same thought. Yeah. Because kids are a massive responsibility. Mm, mm. You have absolutely no yeah, freedom. Yeah. You cannot think for yourself. And your twenties you, are so formative, thing. right? I can have fun yeah. with my cousin's kid and, and give them and back. <laughs> when I reach that point of I've had enough, I just need some space. I can go and do that, and yeah. I can shed mm. myself of those responsibilities when my battery runs flat. <laughs> exactly, it's a massive responsibility having kids, and it's not a decision you make overnight. Yeah. Mm. Those questions were definitely asked but they were asked for my external mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And so every time someone asked me, when are you having kids? The response I had is, when are you ready to look after them? <laughs> you know, because you want me to be a lawyer. You want me to have my own house. Yeah. You want me to have kids, mm. but are you going to be there supporting me? Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, and so the more I gave that response, and it was very direct. And yes, it probably came across as quite disrespectful, mm-hmm. but I was no longer living under my parents' roof. Like mm-hmm. I am now a married woman and mm-hmm. I've accepted a new family. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I felt like I was independent. Mm-hmm. There was a new mm-hmm. barrier there. Yep, yep. So I could cross that line now yep. and yep. say, you know what, I'm a married woman and I'm in control. Yep. Yeah. Because when you're under your parents' roof, sometimes you don't, have that and so i gave that response and in short amount of months like people just stopped people stopped asking, asking. Yeah, i love that just yeah stopped asking and one thing that you said before as well was having children is not easy and it's not an easy decision you make overnight and the fact that you said that it's a decision back in previous generations it wasn't even a decision to make it was just mm. a given yes. like that was no the yeah, yeah that was the norm that's what you did it wasn't yeah. something you thought about because it was just what you were meant to do and so the fact that you know nowadays a lot of us it's a choice like we make the decision to or not to have children and even that is probably something that's a bit difficult for our parents to Mm. grapple with because it's it's such a given. It's a given. It's like, yeah. what do you mean you made the decision not yeah. to have them? Kids, like, you're going to get a house. Yeah. You're going to get a dog, maybe. Exactly. Like, right. When are you going to get a Next to next, next, next. When are you going to get When are you yeah. going to finish your degree? When are you going to get a good job? When yeah. are you going to buy a house? When are you going to get married? When are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have steps. another kid? Yeah, And then exactly. it's like we keep moving the goalposts. When do we take that time to just take a step back and be like, I'm happy with where I am. Yeah. I'm happy with what I've accomplished so far. Yeah. Might not be by your rules. Might not be by your timelines, but I'm happy. Yeah. What am I chasing? Exactly. And like, what is the point if you're not happy as well? 
right? Like ultimately at the end of the day, you have to do things that will fulfill you and that will make you a joyous individual who's good to be around and is fulfilled within themselves, not fulfilled based on other people's expectation or where they set the mark for you, right? Like it should come from within first and foremost before it comes from wanting to fulfill what other people are expecting of you. Mm -hmm. That's just like the underlying thing for everything I think as well because, again, if you're just constantly doing stuff because other people are wanting you to do it, you just end up consistently wanting the next thing, like what you were saying, because a goalpost just keeps moving. So you just have to continuously fight for whatever that next thing is. Yeah. And the thing is, you sometimes walk away disappointed Mm. because the moment we have those expectations, the moment you set an expectation, be ready to be disappointed Mm. because some things don't happen the way you want it to. Yeah, exactly. So I went into it with this thought that, yes, I'm going to get married, like, I am going to travel and then I'm going to have kids and then I'm going to have another kid. Mm -hmm. And then when that another kid was not happening, I kept getting disappointed Mm -hmm. because I had this expectation of getting married by this age and then getting a house and then having two kids, getting that dog, getting that bigger car. And it's these expectations that we naturally think of. Mm. Whereas now I feel like everyone's got a clean slate you've got the freedom to create those expectations if you want. You've got the choice to Mm. get married or have kids. Yeah. Like my eldest daughter, the other day she was like, when I grow up, I want to be a Mm mum." And Mm. straight away she's already thinking like that this is a natural course of Mm. life. But even though I don't want her to think that, it's because of what she's seeing. Mm -hmm. And I took it from what I saw. Mm -hmm. Whereas – if you're strong enough to stick your ground with mm. your own values, you have more choices. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. something yeah. that we haven't really addressed in this podcast. We've spoken a lot about what different expectations are and where they come from, but mm-hmm. we haven't delved into how we deal and react to those situations when those expectations aren't met. Mm. Something you've spoken so openly about on your platforms on top of sharing your mental health journey and the losses that you've had to navigate in your family is your pregnancy journey. Mm. Having listened to you speak about it at the International Women's Day event, it sounds like going through what you have gone through, it seems like when your expectations aren't met now, you look at it or deal with it very differently compared to how you would have before everything that you went through. Mm, yes. Can you share a little bit about what that process was like for you to get to the place that you're at now with all the setbacks that you've had to confront and the expectations you've had, being disappointed in yourself when they weren't met because of reasons that were out of your control, but then also learning to overcome that adversity? Yeah, so that journey in itself, it felt like it went on forever. Mm. Even though it was in a three-year period, it felt like years. Right. We started trying for our second baby a year after we had Sia and I had the first miscarriage and then I'm like, you know what, it happens, it's all good. And I learned to deal with that very quickly. Did I seek help at that time? I don't think I did because I was emotionally quite strong to 
walk past it mm-hmm. and I knew it was something that women face. I just never knew anyone around me that faced it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have people to talk to about it. Yep. When it got to my second miscarriage, then I started looking into the stats. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is it me? Or is it something else? You know, I started right. looking at reports, medical reports, stats, all that kind of stuff, just to broaden my knowledge about why I had a second miscarriage. And the first one was very different to the second one. Okay. The symptoms were different. The after effects were different. Everything was different. Mm-hmm. I got to my third miscarriage and that was completely different. And that's when I began to go down that low point because I thought I was a failure and I think that time we went overseas and we knew we were pregnant at the time and then when we got to Hawaii I remember saying to my husband like I don't feel pregnant for some reason those symptoms have gone away and he's like you know what it's gonna be okay we're in Hawaii this never happens to us like you know just be present like be in the moment And that's what got me through that time because I was in a different environment to begin with. Like a distraction. It was a distraction, yeah. So I just let it be a distraction, right? I was just trying to be present. I was there in Hawaii with my daughter enjoying. We came back, had my fourth miscarriage, and I'm like, what else are you going to throw my way? It almost became a joke. Like, you know, I'm like, how many times do you have to have a miscarriage before you actually – have a baby. Mm. I was just at such a low point. And with the fifth one, that's the one that broke me. So the fourth one happened two weeks prior. So technically oh I shouldn't have had the fifth one, but I did. And the reason why that one broke me is because that particular miscarriage was an ectopic miscarriage. So that's when like your egg gets stuck in a tube and it bursts. And so I remember having those pains and I went to hospital, got those pains checked out and unfortunately the medical staff didn't diagnose it. And I came back home, stayed in that pain for like two days and then I got to the point where I couldn't walk anymore. And so there was like a whole sense of fear. Like I know I had the miscarriage two weeks prior but for some reason I was unable to walk anymore. And so we rushed off to ED and I told my husband, just chuck me off at ED. You go stay home with Sia because we still have that one child to take care of, right? right? So went into emergency department and I fell on the floor and that time it was COVID and no one helped. Everyone was so scared of catching COVID that no one helped. And I remember getting checked out and it wasn't until the next day when everything had ruptured inside when we found out we had the fifth one and I was about to go into emergency surgery. But it was the fear that I sat in for like almost those 12 hours of not knowing whether I was going to see my family or not. That's the part that broke me because I sat in that moment for so long because I was like, does that mean I call my husband and say final bye? Because you didn't even know what was happening. Yeah, inside of you. If I hadn't sat in that moment, I don't think I'd be so emotionally tied to it. But because I sat in fear for like 12 hours, not knowing what was happening to my body, not understanding. And all they said, like when they did the bedside scan, they said they saw a mass 
And like, you know, from my dad passing away from cancer, that's the first medical term that they use. And so when they said that, I was like, I've got a tumor. I know it and I'm going to die. Like, you know, you see in those Mm. thoughts and I sat in those thoughts for 12 hours. And even though I was heavily medicated more than I had to be, it was the only thing that worked to subside the pain. I remember the next day after the surgery, looking at my body and it just had like the bandages and the scar. I felt so disgusted that once again I failed as something that should be like so simple. Mm. It should be so simple to have a baby, but it wasn't. And if I didn't have that expectation, then I wouldn't have felt like a failure. Like, you know, I put that right. expectation on me thinking that it's going to be so easy to have a baby. Mm. Right. Mm. And I had this idea in my mind that having two kids meant having the perfect family Mm. you know it was these expectations I put on myself Mm. it wasn't anyone around me or anything like that it was me that's what Mm. I wanted Mm. and I expected that from me Mm. and so I walked away very disappointed Mm. after surgery I was diagnosed with PTSD because every time I went to bed all I saw was blades like people cutting my body and all those things, those those things that you never want to see, that's what I kept seeing and it just wasn't stopping and that's when I sought help once again. Mm -hmm. And going to the psychologist didn't really help because I was reliving those moments again Mm -hmm. but then also going down a path where there was possible medical negligence so I was having to talk to lawyers and things like that because right. things happened in the hospital that shouldn't have happened. Right. It became an absolute joke, like someone else's medical records were next to me and they had had that many miscarriages as well. But when I looked at the patient's name, we had the same surname but the first name was different and someone had left that on oh my bedside no. table and I read it and I'm like, no, they've cut out the wrong tube. <gasps> Oh, my God. I then once again sat in that fear that they've done the wrong procedure on me and that I'd never be able to have kids. So it was the specialist that came to me post-surgery. The specialist that does the operation comes to you post-surgery to make sure you're okay. And so that doctor came and she put the papers there and then her buzzer went off and there was like a call where she had to just run out of the door. And she's like, I'll come back to you. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, you know, I get it. I thought that medical report was mine and so I read it. And it wasn't mine. But they had the same surname. And then those moments in fear mm. post-surgery is what gave the post-traumatic right. stress disorder okay. because I thought that whole time – but it wasn't the case. They it just put the wrong file there. They put the wrong file there, which we clarified later on. Yeah. But it was a whole different saga. <laughs> so walking away extremely disappointed, not only in myself, but the support system mm. around like the medical profession, the professionals I dealt with. Mm. There was a whole lot of disappointment. Yeah. It was a field of disappointment. Like, you know, so coming back home, A week later, I had that conversation with my husband saying, I can't do it anymore. Mm. My body has gone through so much that I just, I don't want a second child. It's just not working. Mm. 
And maybe we need to just look at the signs, like who has five miscarriages mm. and then walks away with one ovary left, which is pretty much damaged as well. And then he, being the supporting person that he is, he was like, okay, we're happy with the one child. We will give that child everything we have mm. and that's okay. Three months later, we found out we were having our second baby and she's absolutely healthy. She's a special breed, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really traumatic time where I felt like I had lack of support purely because I didn't know anyone else that mm, had mm. miscarriages, yep. yeah. Yeah. let alone so many miscarriages. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, Thank you so much for sharing all yeah, that. Yeah, thank you for sharing I'm sorry you have to okay. go through it all. Yeah. It's also a good reminder as to why it's important for these kind of stories to be told, right? Because mm. it sets the expectation for everyone else that whatever you're going through, it's normal and Absolutely. you're not alone through it. Yeah. And you don't have to have that unfair expectation that everything is perfect and everything should go smoothly mm -hmm. because often we don't see the behind the scenes of yeah. the narrative because we only see the highlight reels on socials, for example. Mm -hmm. So yes. we need more of that vulnerability to hear more of those really dark moments which are universal but often not spoken about mm. openly to help us appreciate that that's also a very real part of the journey as well, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some of my clients realized the transparency because I have, like, multiple pages, right? And so being in such a small community, everyone knows each other. And so when I'd post a photo of my bride on Makeup by Shiv and then post a story maybe a week later about a miscarriage, people put two and two together and then – I started receiving messages mm -hmm. mm. and people were like, Shiv, when did this happen? And I said, you know, a week ago. Right? I was in hospital a week ago. And they were like, but you just did that wedding that we know was within that short period of time. And they're like, did you still attend your bride's wedding after having a miscarriage? And I was like, yeah, I still have a job. Mm. Life still goes on. Mm. They're the things that kind of, put things into perspective for me that everything else is moving around me and I need to move with that as well because yeah. if I stay in that I'll be stuck yeah and I think that's where some people feel like they're stuck because they don't know how to move past yeah, it so it's about recalibrating your expectations right yeah hundred percent that's what it is yeah and like what you said before when you were going through these miscarriages you felt like why is my body doing this to me? This is natural. This should be easy. And I think that is one of the biggest downfalls of people not sharing their experience mm. because you don't realize that the expectation almost should be that you may have a miscarriage yeah. as a woman because statistics are really high. It is very like high. Most it's women experience a miscarriage, yeah. but most women don't talk about it. No. And so you just expect that this will just be something that comes to you in life because it seems to be there for everybody else around you. But you don't know whether those people that you're looking at have actually experienced something like this. So someone looking at yourself, Shiv, if you hadn't shared these journeys you actually mm. went through, they could be like, oh, look at Shiv, like what a beautiful family, what a beautiful life. And it's the, so those perfect. are the comments I got. Yeah, yeah exactly. Before I shared Before you those, shared, yeah. like moments like, yes, 
throughout my journey of social media, I have shared all aspects, like especially the past chapter with losing my father or Mm -hmm. losing my sister to suicide. I've always shared those things. Mm. But this was a completely different chapter. So Mm. I always got those comments, you went through something bad before, but your life is so perfect now. Yeah, yeah. Look at you with your like – beautiful four-year-old and one-year-old but they yeah. don't know that the gap the three years in why, between yeah why they're three guys, years apart yeah, right no it one seems knows, right? like it's a oh this yeah. must have been what they wanted and I yeah. think yeah even like for me I really want children one day like it's always something that I wanted I'm fairly nurturing and whatever but I don't know why, but a couple of years ago, I came to the realization that it may not be easy. And I don't know what made me think that way. I think maybe I heard of a story of someone having a miscarriage or something. Um, and it was the first time that I'd heard someone talk about it openly. I can't remember who it was. Maybe I listened to it on a podcast or something. And I was like, oh, like this is so common. And then I started looking at the stats and then I had friends who were trying to have kids, but they had like PCOS or they have something else and they realized their chances were lower and another friend got diagnosed with it and just all these other people facing complications. And I was like, this could be me. Like, what if, you know, I experience this one day, like I'm not going to rule it out because this is so normal for so many people. So now I have the frame of mind because for so long, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is what I want. And I still want it, but I don't know how easily it'll come. And I don't know if it'll happen. Like, I hope it does. But I think it's so important to like reframe what you expect out of your life as well. And I think Absolutely. it helps so much when you hear people talk about it, that it changes the norm as well. Yeah. Like you think the norm is, yeah, you should easily be able to have kids because that's what your body as a woman is designed to do. And it's such a beautiful process, but the norm is you know, that most women actually do have miscarriages. Yeah. 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 And then you can apply that to any part of life. Exactly. Right? There's these expectations that we have for ourselves and we look at the people around us that are achieving it, mm. but we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. Exactly. So again, why it is so important for us to be hearing these vulnerable stories. Mm. As someone who is a type A person, Rami, mm-hmm. and who holds such a high standard for herself, yeah. how do you deal when your expectations for yourself aren't met? Mm. I think whilst I am a type A person, I can also go with the flow. And I know that sounds a bit contradictory, but no, I, I like to control I what that. I can control, but I yeah. also accept that things outside of my control are outside of my yeah. control. And the only thing that I can control is my reaction to things that happen outside of what I can control. <laughs> take a shot every time I said control but that's how I look at it and I think that's why I can deal with things where if something happens that I literally can't do anything about that's not quite what I'm asking right I want to know more about how you deal with things when the expectations you set for yourself aren't met I think I think of it as I've done the most I can to want to get to this position And if it hasn't happened, it is what it is. I kind of think of it that way. Like I never really beat myself up about not meeting certain expectations. I think like most things I've probably done that I've wanted to anyway. So maybe that factors into it. But like things like, you know, I thought I would have been married like five years ago, which I'm not, but is fine because that was an unrealistic expectation that I put (laughs) on myself. And I'm not thinking, oh my God, why am I not already here? I'm thinking, look at all the other things that I've been able to achieve in my life. And I'm still on the road to do that 
thing that I want to do anyway. So I think that's... What about a smaller day-to-day example of, say, at work Mm. where you expect to deliver something in a certain Mm. way, but you miss a deadline or it doesn't land in the way that you hoped it would? That kind of expectation you had for yourself that you had control over, Mm. not meeting that. I think I just think that I tried my best in the scenario that I'm in. Like, I really don't then sit there and go, oh, my God, I'm so shit. I can't believe I didn't do this. Like, it's just maybe it's a personality thing. I don't know. But I don't really think that way. I think, like, with my head over my heart more, and I think you know this about me, Mm -hmm. like, I'll kind of move into, okay, what prevented me from doing this and what can I do next time? Maybe I need to set better expectations, more realistic expectations of myself and not put too much on me as well, which is something I'm trying to be better at now. But I think I think of it like, okay, what went wrong here and what can I do next time for this to not happen again? I think that's my default response in those kinds of So you're more logical about it? Yes, yes. Also, if I did put 100% of myself into something and someone doesn't receive it in that way, then I can't do anything about that person's reception of what I'm trying to do. But I think it's important to get feedback and understand and stuff as well. But I think, yeah, it's more just – the logical side of, okay, what can I do next time to improve myself? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I think I'm an emotionally logical person. So I'll react emotionally, but then rationalize it and approach the problem logically or practically, mm. but then still attach an emotional component to it. Right. I think that's how I would kind of process things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would beat myself up about something mm-hmm. where I fell short of what I expected. And this is something you know about me as well. I give advice that I wouldn't take in myself. Mm. So I think there's that level of, you know, me being conscious of certain things but not feeling or acting on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Shiv? So I'd like to say I'm similar. To you because I do. To send then? Yeah, because I do get emotionally tied to things and it's different though. Yeah. There are some things I can get emotionally tied to, such as parenting and whether I'm a really good okay. parent. Yeah, yeah. Versus like say something with career. Yep, yep. You know, because that, that makes fluctuates sense too. so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. business, you know. So yeah. I can think logically sometimes when I have to, like when it comes to work and business, logical. I don't bring emotion mm. into it. When it comes to personal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's filled that with emotion. Sense. There's more at stake and, and as well, There's right? more yeah. at stake. Yeah. And when you're in this <sighs> position as a mother and you're in control of the happiness of a household, mm-hmm. you have so much more at stake. And so you do everything being emotional, but you have to remind yourself to be logical because mm-hmm. that's how you think forward, Right. But then I have those emotional ties. Yep. So it fluctuates. Yeah, Mm. that makes sense. I want to kind of conclude with each of us maybe sharing an expectation that we are currently navigating personally. For me, something I'm grappling with is expectations when it comes to my career. I find myself like, you know, many of us in conversations around you know, how work's going and career progression and life updates, like who's getting married and who's bought a house. And I think sometimes I get sucked into that trap of having those expectations and 
letting those things define who I am or what success is because mm-hmm. that's what is conventional and that's what people around us are participating in. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I also find myself through stuck in between being surrounded by people who have broken out of that typical path mm. to follow deeper purposes. And there are, of course, a bunch of challenges that come with that, especially in terms of material stability when they start at least. Yeah. But that journey kind of feeds their soul so much more. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about managing that expectation of what I want for myself versus what's expected of me. And, you know, I also think being a child of immigrant parents, there's always that question of, do you follow the safe route given everything my parents have had to sacrifice, fleeing a war to give me the life that I have? Do I, you know, build on that foundation that they've laid? Or do I use this opportunity to take a leap with a higher ceiling but also a lower floor? And take this opportunity to serve something greater. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's an expectation I'm currently working through. Yeah. And I think I know the answer to that question, but it's more about following through, to be honest. Mm. What's something you're navigating in terms of the expectations that you have, Romy? Yeah, Senna's familiar with this, but one expectation that I really succumbed to over the past few years is the whole hustle culture that is prevalent Mm -hmm. and I'm someone who I can't sit in stillness like I always have to be doing something which is not necessarily a good thing because I never stop to reflect always have to be just occupied it's just a personality thing I don't know where it's come from but because of that I felt like I always had to be consistently doing stuff and I have a fairly demanding job it's not just like a nine to five I'm often working later I'd really like my job though so I'm happy to do that but I think On top of that, I felt like I had to be doing all these other things and filling up every hour of my day. And that is an expectation that maybe in the past year um, or like six, eight months, I've been trying to let go of because it didn't serve me. Like I wasn't looking after myself, my health, my relationships, which are like the number one most important thing to me in my life. And so that realization hit me and I'm trying to let go of that. And I think I've had to consciously schedule in time for myself and be okay with sitting still sometimes which is so important so I think that's a big one for me that I've more recently grappled with and I'm trying to let go of that expectation which yeah came from myself but also society I think how about you Shiv I have to say that I don't have expectations of myself anymore that's amazing it's taken me so long to get here you know what I mean? Like when life has been so hard yeah. and a lot of it is built on the expectations, not only that you've built, but the people around you have built. When you find you're at your lowest points and you can't see tomorrow, you walk out of it differently. And so I don't live at the moment. I'm not living with expectations, really which powerful. is really strange to say and I didn't realize it until those words actually came out of my mouth as in just now yeah because it's like I heard you say what your expectations are and what you're trying to navigate through and so did you Romy but the moment you guys said that I realized I actually don't have 
current expectations of myself because that's, I have really done powerful. everything I wanted to in life. I have gone through those good points and bad points and married. I have the house. I have the kids now. I'm just living. Yeah. It must be so freeing to feel that way, right? Maybe you, like you don't I'm realize it, that. but yeah. you know what? I'm yeah. going to sit in that because yeah. I, I be haven't, so I didn't realize it yeah. until I said it. Just processing it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because we're so ambitious, right? We're yeah. like ambitious individuals and we always set these goals, but I have achieved all the goals I've ever set for myself. Mm. So I'm curious to know though, like as a mum. Do you put expectation on yourself to be a certain type of mum? Do you think that's something that might still sit with you? Or do you also kind of let that live? You might not know because you've come to this realisation now. I've just realised something. But I think sometimes using the word expectation, and we've used this word a lot in this podcast, it can have a negative connotation to it. Mm. And so I don't want to use it in that way. Mm -hmm. There is an ideal way I would like to be when it comes to motherhood. And I feel like I'm doing everything I possibly can right now to be that ideal, perfect role model as a mom. Mm. The expectation isn't there because I'm living it. Every day I'm working to be a good mom. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm working to be an amazing wife Mm. and a focused career woman and everything. I'm I'm doing those things. Mm. The expectation isn't there. I'm already there. Yep. And I think that's the difference. Yep, 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 yep. You know, and I think that's what I just realized yeah, that I'm yeah. already doing those things. Yeah. So that expectation is is gone. Yeah, and it's a constant evolution for you to work I'm towards evolving. those things, right? I'm just so you'll never. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. What better way of any of the podcast? On I know. Such a positive note. That's awesome. I guess for me, the key takeaways from this podcast is how the expectations that we put on ourselves and the expectations that the world around us creates aren't the rules by which we need to operate. Yeah. Often that just puts limits on our potential. Yeah. So that deeper digging to understand where those expectations come from help us empathize with our journey and the journey of others around us and will only help us put things into perspective and context a little better, I think. Yeah. Like we said at the start, we could have probably dedicated an entire episode to each of these expectations and Mm. there's still so much ground that we haven't covered, let alone topics like gendered expectations or Mm -hmm. expectations when it comes to older siblings versus younger siblings and you know, so much more. So we'll definitely be revisiting all of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you once again, Shivani, for being so open and honest with us today. When stories like what you shared with your experiences and how you were able to work through the challenges that you face in your life are shared, I have no doubts that it'll help inspire and lift someone else up too. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Yeah, 100%. That's what it's about, right? Spreading There's so much unlearning when it comes to expectations. And I think mm. the more we talk about it, the easier that becomes. Mm. Yeah, thank you so definitely. much. No, thank you for having me. Like I said, I am so truly humbled to be given this space. I'm going to sit in that moment <laughs> right now. I'm going to enjoy the moment. I'm going to be present, you know, because it's not every day that you get asked to be on a podcast. And when I say I'm truly humbled, it's like there's butterflies in my tummy because I feel like someone wants to hear those words. Mm. You know, and if those words help another individual and changes the decision that they make in life, then I've succeeded. Yeah. You know? And thank you so much for sharing your story on our platform. 
No, thank you so much. I feel a warm and fuzzy. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We love Shivani's energy and how candid she was, sharing all the things she did in hopes of destigmatizing them. Don't forget to follow Shivani's Instagram for her inspiring and thought-provoking content. And like Zenon said, we just scratch the surface when it comes to expectations. So we're keen to revisit this again down the track. Slide into our DMs to get a copy of our party and conversation card games. And until then, we'll catch you next time. Bye.